Hi, I'm Corny Rample, and today on the Mixed Morning Show, we talked about the super blood flower moon with Scott D. Young, an astronomer from the planetarium. We also talked about dandelions, how to get rid of them, and how to use them if you don't want to get rid of them. It's the Mixed Morning Show. It's the Mixed Morning Show. We are joined on the Mixed Morning Show by Scott D. Young, known as the Sky Watcher. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. So this is a very significant moon tonight, this morning, I should say, uh, with the lunar eclipse, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But why your interest in this? Why are you the sky watcher? You know, I've since I was a kid, I've been interested in the stars and planets and things like that. I saw the uh, the solar eclipse that came through Manitoba in 1979. I was a little kid, and it just blew me away, and I decided right then at all of eight years old, that I was going to be an astronomer. And so uh, I just sort of kept it up, went on to university, and now I work at the planetarium in Winnipeg. And basically, I've been doing astronomy and astronomy education for 30 years now. So it's it's amazing. Something like that as a kid just really set the course for my whole life. I love it when I hear stories like that. When people have that drive as a child and then carry that on and see it through, love it. So cool. So this is a... uh, a super blood flower moon and also a total lunar eclipse. It's called by many names. Can you break this down for us? Yeah, it's a lot of adjectives there. And I think, uh, you know, you, in, in today's world, you got to have a whole bunch of adjectives to really cut through the noise of, uh, of all the stuff that's out there. So blood moon is sort of a colloquial name for a lunar eclipse because during a lunar eclipse, the moon can turn red it can turn other colors as well sort of orangey or brown or whatever but red is sort of the one that people remember and so that's where blood moon comes from i guess if you if you were back a few thousand years ago and you didn't know what was going on and suddenly the moon turned all red it would be a a pretty freaky kind of sight so that's yeah exactly i mean and that's the thing that is is sort of the main event really this is happening um starting around 4.30 4.30 this morning and basically went until the moon set around uh, around 5.30. And um, far, farther west, they got a better view. We actually just caught the very beginning of it. Mm-hmm. The other adjectives, um, so flower moon is uh, the full moon in May. Every May, that's called the flower moon. Now, you probably didn't know that. Most people don't remember any of those names of the full moons, except the September one, because Neil Young wrote the song, all about it. Harvest Moon. That's where that that's where that comes from. Right. For some reason, we remember Harvest Moon, and we just don't remember all the other ones. So anyway, May is the flower moon. So every full moon in May is is a flower moon, kind of by default. Um, and then super moon. This is my favorite. Um, the moon as it goes around the Earth actually gets a little closer and a little farther away, um, slightly, like about a ten percent kind of variation. Really, really small. And so what that means is that each full moon might be a little closer or a little farther from the Earth. So throughout the course of the, of the year, there's going to be one that's the farthest, and then there's going to be one that's the closest. Well, the closest one is called the supermoon because when something's closer, it's bigger. So the, the full moon during a supermoon is a few percent bigger than a typical full moon. Hardly super, but right. I guess the <laughs> slightly larger than normal moon just doesn't test as well in the marketing department, right? So I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So you put all these things together, and you've got a whole bunch of adjectives. But really, the the event is the blood moon, the eclipse, because that only happens 
couple of times a year somewhere in the world and we don't always get a view of it. I think our, our best one that we've seen recently was in like January 2019 maybe we had a good one. Um, and so this is our, our first chance since then. So it's a little bit rare. It's early in the morning, you know, it was so it, it generated a lot of interest for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, and so hopefully later on today we'll see the people that took pictures and all that kind of stuff from all across the, the country. Well, in some parts of the world, it is a full eclipse. Am I getting that correct? And then yeah, in that's our right. part, we're kind of on the edge of it. So, so we're not getting the full eclipse. Yeah, basically what happens is the moon actually sets below the western horizon before it gets to the total phase. So we see the beginning parts, but then you'd have to be able to see through the ground to be able to keep seeing it. But but people farther west, they have the moon higher up in the sky, it's easier to see, and they can see it for longer. I think actually if you're out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, uh, like Hawaii or something like that, you can see the full total eclipse where the whole moon gets covered up by the Earth's shadow, and and that's where you see sort of the the blood red color. Right. Um, so that's what people are expecting for us here in Manitoba. You're going to see basically a moon that's got a shadow on the left side of it. And it, it wasn't nearly as spectacular as that total phase, but mm -hmm. still a, a, a neat thing to, to watch because you can actually see the whole clockwork of the universe clicking by as you're, as you're watching. Right. And supermoons happen regularly and also lunar eclipses happen regularly. When's the next yeah. time these two are going to be happening at the same time? You know, that's a good question. We have another lunar eclipse coming up next uh, next year that we'll have a, a better view of. Um, I'm not sure if it's a supermoon or not. To be honest, I don't uh, I don't pay too much attention with the supermoon uh, side of things because it makes such a little difference. The, uh, the eclipse is... Uh, sort of like when there's a, an eclipse, it's worth going out whether it's super moon or not. I like to say the moon's super all the time. If you yeah. go outside and look at the moon, it's just, it's just really cool to look at, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you for uh, bringing a little more excitement to this than, uh, than we already had. Because, I mean, you look up there and, and to us, it's just a bunch of, you know, spectacular uh, beings in the sky. But, I mean, to, to be able to calculate that to the day and to the minute... Uh, it, yeah. it blows my mind that there are people on this planet that have that all timed out. Yeah, you know, it's pretty amazing that we can actually do that. You, you, you've got to know quite a bit about the way the universe works. Like, I'm, I'm sure science hasn't figured out everything, but at least the motions of the planets and the solar system and stuff like that, we've got that down to a science, and we can we can predict it in advance. And so, uh, I mean, there's a you know, with solar eclipses, we can even tell you exactly where to stand to get the best view, you know, years in advance. So it's it's pretty impressive that we, we know what we do. Yeah, that is unbelievable. Scott D. Young, thank you so much for shedding a little light on our lunar eclipse. Not a problem, my friend. Thanks. All right, take care. It's the Mixed Morning Show. It's the Mixed Morning Show. Carly Coop, how many dandelions are on your yard? How is it looking? Actually, pretty good. I'm a bit of a picker. <laughs> You're a picker? I'm a picker. I will pick the dandelions and get rid of them. Okay, that's Although, a lot of work. other people in my house who would do other things that aren't so friendly. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> Chemical or mechanical? Yeah. Chemical. My, oh. I live in a divided house when it comes to dandelions. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That can be almost as dividing as uh, as COVID. 
uh, <laughs> and it restrictions. Could, it, it could be. Garth could be sleeping outside sometime soon if he continues his yeah, practices. You'll, you'll social distance from him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I do when I'm getting rid of them is I find that the dandelions, because I just mow them. I don't use the chemicals and all that. Like if right. it grows, it mows. I live out in the country, right? Yeah. And so um, what I do is I find that the dandelions are highest and most open um, late morning, early afternoon, right? When the sun is at its, at its peak. Uh, yeah, okay. That's when I try to mow the lawn. Now, not, not everybody can do that because jobs and whatever. But I find right. that if you mow them while they're standing up straight and just done. And, and I've got very few dandelions now. And, really? Um, yeah, almost all gone. Almost all gone. You see a few here and there, but that's it. Just yeah. mow them when they're standing up and wide open. Done. Before get they seed, done. get it done. So wow. you've been doing some digging and uh, trying to find different uses for dandelions. Uh, what what has all come back? What have you found? Yeah, I you know I was chatting with Zoe Nakata from the Wildlife Haven Rehabilitation Center. They have dandelions on their campus, and they harvest them for. They're animals that they have as, you know, that are guests there right now. So like um, bunny rabbits love dandelions. So they pick them for the animals that are there. So I thought, oh, that's actually pretty cool use for the dandelions. That's free food. Uh, exactly. It's very, very helpful. And Melissa, I was chatting with her. She actually makes dog food out of her dandelions. Now, I don't have... What? I had pets when I lived on the ranch, but we didn't like whatever, never really paid attention to what they did outside. I've had several people say their dogs love to eat dandelions. I don't know that I've ever seen my dog eat dandelions. I've seen them eat grass. So everyone's yeah. always see a dog eating grass. Um, yes. Dandelions. The, no, I did not know that. I mean, yes, if the dog's so eating it, like, it's healthy. Blends it up into dandelion food. It's like, you know, chef Chef Boyardee there at, at Melissa's place with the dandelion leaves. It's crazy. So I could have never heard of that. So I was like, all right. She herself hasn't eaten them, but that's next step, right? Interesting. Next level. But next level would be Laura. Laura oh. makes dandelion cookies. And she made them the day I chatted with her about it. Okay. They go out and harvest the dandelions, like the heads, and then add them into their cookies. The whole head? Like they don't divide it well, like petals and head? Or do they just grind up the whole head? I think, well, you know, I didn't get the specifics on it. She okay. gave me the recipe, so I might try it if I can find some unsprayed ones. Um, like the the petals. She put the petals yeah. in the cookie dough. Yeah. And then does other things too. Like I feel like Little House on the Prairie when I talk to Laura. Ha ha. <laughs> Her last name is not Ingalls Wilder. No, okay. But, um, <laughs> May as well makes, be. Yeah. She also makes a salve out of the dandelion, and apparently it's like a anti-inflammatory pain relief kind of thing, and she does not go without it. I have heard of this, and I remember when, when I was younger, if you had a little sore or something, you know, my mom would pick all kinds of stuff and rub the, uh, you know, like you put, pick a dandelion and there's, there's that milk that comes out of the stem, you know, she'd rub that, on, or she'd pluck really? a plant and she'd rub that on there. I don't know what she all used, but... But yeah, I have heard of people using it for selves. I've, of course, heard people making wine out of it. Uh, that's yeah, that's yeah, fairly yeah. common, especially amongst the Hutterites. They like to make their dandelion wine. Um, and then also uh, jam. Yes, I've heard of that one too. 
I, I'm intrigued by all of these different things people are eating with dandelions. But you, okay, so you made something with dandelions. What did you make? I made bread. What? I, yes, I made bread. Well, because I mean, I I love to bake sourdough bread. That's been my my hobby for the last couple of years, and I've uh, been experimenting with different things. I've always tried to add different things. Like instead of water, you add um, like chicken stock, you know, like soup, so it tastes yeah. like chicken soup. Or you put beet juice in it, or pickle juice, or something, right? So I wanted to try something a little bit different, and I've heard of all these dandelion recipes. So I thought, is den- is dandelion bread a thing? So I googled it. Sure enough, tons of dandelion bread recipes online. So all I did was I took my favorite recipe of bread, okay, white bread, nothing too, nothing with too much flavor. You know, right. you don't want to do a bread or a pumpernickel or something that has tons of flavor. It'll just overshadow your dandelions. Mm-hmm. So I took a basic white bread sourdough, and I, you know, reading the different recipes, I saw that they were all just clipping the yellow petals off with a pair of scissors. Mm. So you try to get as little greens in there as possible because greens are bitter. So you just clip out the yellow petals into a container until you have about a cup of them. It took me and my daughter about 20 minutes of clipping, and we had a cup of of these petals. And I just added that to my dough. I added a little bit of honey because I, I read some reviews and I heard that honey helps to bring out the flavor because it has a little bit of a natural honey flavor on its own. Okay. And so I added a little bit of honey, a little bit of olive oil just to make the dough softer. And then uh, and, and I added the cup of dandelion petals and it turned out amazing Mm. because you can see the little yellow petal bits in in the dough or in the bread yeah but you can smell it more than you can taste it okay so it's kind of like vanilla right vanilla has more of a smell than it does a taste yeah you know and so and which also comes from an orchid right so it comes from plants so it changes the smell because i made a loaf without and i made a loaf with from the same dough and you could definitely smell the difference between the two. And then as you're smelling the dough as you eat it, or smelling the bread as you eat it, then you're smelling and tasting the, the kind of a golden floral honey kind of taste to your bread. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. Interesting. So now when you eat it, do you make a wish? You know, like when you blow the dandelion oh, I seeds? I, I make should a wish have. while you eat the bread, Corny. <laughs> You ever take one of those dandelions, dandelions. <laughs> the white dandelions, and then and you know that are all like flat, like seed, and yeah. you're gonna go to like blow all the seeds off, and then when you inhale, some of them going to. <laughs> <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm you're not, not alone. I'm not alone yeah. there. Okay. Good. Yeah. So it turned out really well, and uh, I guess I'll have to start making wishes now before I eat it. But uh, yeah, it's right. something I'll probably try again. I guess. Why not, right? See, yep. there you go. Weeds are our friends. There you go. <laughs> you can eat them or mow them down or do what Garth does and put chemicals on them. But yeah, yeah, we'll leave that. We'll well, leave let's that. not go there. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Carly. You're welcome. It's the next morning show.